All right, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Let's get into it. And naturally, as always, heavy spoilers ahead. There have been a lot of mixed reviews and split feelings about this movie. Um, not just the movie as a whole, but the actor's story, the comparison to everything else Marvel, which is inevitable but kind of unfair in my opinion. A lot of people are saying that there had never before been a Marvel movie with this low of a Rotten Tomato score, but after remembering movies like Captain Marvel, Iron Man 2, Thor The Dark World, I find myself thinking, really? This? This is worse than those stinkers? I thought it was better than Wakanda Forever. I mean, it was just a much more of a satisfying and fun-filled movie. Now, I think a good way of quantifying how these films are quote-unquote good or not, seeing as there are so many of them now, um, it only seems fair to come up with a convoluted way of grading them. And that is understanding what to expect from them based on the main characters the films are centered around, but not enough to really pull away from the action, adventure, the, the mysterious nature that certain elements in those movies had. Uh, the Thor movies, Guardians of the Galaxy movies, the Ant-Man movies, those we understood were going to be far more comical full of slapstick and have enough serious moments to keep the audience involved and invested while staying true to its more lighthearted nature. So what makes a movie like this fail? Arguably, you could say that it gets away from what lends weight to its thematic nature. We saw it with Thor The Dark World, right? Where our main character was this lighthearted, goofy, lovable idiot character who was immensely powerful and happened to be Thor from Norse mythology, kind of. And the first movie, great success, because it knew exactly what to do with its main character. So, of course, everyone was naturally anticipating a sequel. Though where the first Thor movie was dealing with some crazy cool characters like Frost Giants and Loki and Odin and it, like the film kept throwing comedic punches even though it gave us this grand scale set, right? We had Asgard, we had Jotunheim, we had Earth, the Bifrost was really cool. Like we had all of these intense elements thrown at us, but it was still goofy. It was still funny. That was the core of what this movie told us it was going to be. And in the end, we had this massively funny film, which was a natural extension of who the main character was at his core. Right? A comedic relief who foils serious situations and dangerous scenarios. 
but with Thor The Dark World? I argue that they tried to make it a Captain America-style film, where everything was far more serious and darkly themed, um, just as the Captain America movies were much more war and spy-heavy with dashes of comedic relief to kind of keep the audience balanced and, and grounded in us being in a Marvel Comics film. Now this was the movie's main problem, in my opinion. It was made for the wrong hero. Right? But is this also the case with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? Does Quantumania the film clash with the hero it was given? I believe so. I, I think what was done here was this was a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And it was given to Ant-Man instead. Um, I could even see it having been a good young Avengers movie. Where, I mean, we've had a fair amount of young Avenger characters or young superhero characters that we know are going to be the young Avengers. Like, we have Miss Marvel. We have Spider-Man. We have Hawkeye 2.0. We, we have uh, Black Widow Sister. We, there, there's a few more sprinkled throughout that. We have Hulk's son now. Right? There's a bunch of these little characters sprinkled throughout. Uh, I, I think this would have been a cool we have to band together kind of movie to and it should have been that. It should have been that or a Guardians film. Because I, I understand that the past two Ant-Man movies were very science heavy. They, they were really thickly laden with a whole lot of scientific uh, themes and, and uh, these sort of pseudoscience-y uh, kind of layers, but in it's, it's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, movie jargon that tries to make it seem really real, but eh. We, we know it's fake. We, we go along for the ride, and it's really fun. But they do that in Guardians, too. Uh, m much more to an extent in the Ant-Man films, I think, because they try to explain it more than in the Guardian films. But here, I mean, it just feels like we're on you know, different planets, and we got all these alien creatures. Um, you have to drink this special ooze in order to be able to understand everybody, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, this, this felt much more like a Guardians movie. Now, Kang, Conqueror, or at least a variation of Kang, is why I think it would have made for a great Young Avengers film. Because we, we've got countless versions of Kang to contend with. We saw that in the uh, 
the end credits, right? And there's this huge multiversal war that did take place and is going to take place. And the the Kang that got killed at the end of the movie, or so we think, um, was known as the Exile. And he was uh, supposed to be one of the most dangerous Kangs of all. I think that would have made for a great unifying movie for our young Avenger heroes and to kind of establish them as a team, right? We have all the OGs. We we have Daredevil. We have She-Hulk. We have, uh, I mean, we're, we're going to have Luke Cage and Punisher and the X-Men. and We have all of these standalones and groups and pairs scattered throughout, but we don't really have another core group, at, at least not until we get the Fantastic Four and the X-Men uh, we had the Illuminati, but, you know, they kind of got blown up and turned into string cheese. Uh, but uh, that was in a, another universe. We could get a second Illuminati. You never know. But yeah, if, if this was going to be like a main big bad, I mean, think of the first Avengers film, right? You had Loki. Loki's a huge comic book antagonist. He's got a army given to him by Thanos, another huge comic villain. He's he's got the the, the power of the Mind Stone in his staff. He's he's got all of this stuff behind him, and the Avengers are. I, I mean, it's a classic team up kind of movie, right? They're dysfunctional. They argue. They bitter. Um, they, they don't get along well, but they band together to save the planet, right? It's, it's a tale as old as time. We could have seen something very similar with the Young Avengers, but because of who the Young Avengers would have been, and where they came from, and their kind of shared histories, uh, based off of you know who their progenitor was, we could have gotten a an evolution of that first Avengers movie. We, we could have gotten a, a sort of what if, I guess. But yeah, I, I think this movie gets in its way and tries to be something that it isn't and tries to be more than it should have been. Because Ant-Man should not have won against Kang. Kang is... no. And I... if You have to pay very close attention to what he says uh, when he's facing down Ant-Man, the Wasp, and Cassie, right? Because he's like, I, I forget, are you the one with the hammer? I killed that guy. I, I killed him before. He's, he's killed Avengers before. He knows who Ant-Man is. He knows what group he's in, right? So if he's done all of this before, the odds that our Ant-Man will be able to beat Kang when we know way down the line it's going to take it's going to take a huge group effort by all, a whole slew of heroes 
to be able to beat Kang. So this was as big a fluke and as big of a kind of throw your hands up in the air and say, come on moment as I think we've had in a while. And it I don't think it should have happened. I think Ant-Man should have gotten just destroyed. I I do, however, have a lot of things that I liked about this movie. Um, I like that whenever the the ants get sucked down into the quantum realm, they go through this time dilation field and spend a thousand years developing this techno-socialistic society, and they they find Hank Pym and they're like, "Oh hey, we remember you." They they help them fight Kang, like that. <laughs> and Hank Pym's like, I "Told you, ants, ants are cool." It's such a throwaway thing, but it's arguably one of the coolest parts of the movie. Um, something that I know a lot of people are going to be split on is Modok. Oh my gosh. They did the most ridiculous George Lopez from Sharkboy and Lava Girl reboot with this character. Because he's all he's all head and he's got these tiny baby arm and legs and this tiny little cute butt. Um, and they they pull no punches in making fun of him and I, I really hope he's not dead because he he kind of gets mollywopped by Kang and uh, yeah he he dies kind of delirious he's like I at least I died an Avenger and Scott's like yeah yeah sure you did you, you definitely did and then his little heart monitor thing flat lines and, and goes red. I really hope that he's not dead and he's still just hanging around in the Quatrum Realm somewhere. Because what a waste. Like, Marvel's got to stop doing this. They have to stop killing all of their villains. Or at least all of their, like, one-off villains. Like, give us a couple in order to have him again somewhere down the line. Like, I get it. It's a dash of realism. Sure. V villains and heroes are going to die. Plenty of them have died. But, come on. I mean, are we never going to get Ultron again? Ultron is huge. Ultron is enormous in the Marvel comics. And he's just kind of... It's just kind of gone. We got him back for the What If series. That was really cool for those last two episodes. But, I, I mean, I really want him back live action, though. I'm, and it, it's, it's just so disappointing, right? And, and I know this gripe has been done to death, but it wasn't so much of an age as it was like a weekend of Ultron the actual age of Ultron now that would have been that would have been really cool that would have been wild 
wild. I mean, Ultron is kind of like the Brainiac of Marvel. Brainiac from DC. He's, he's kind of comparable to him, right? And at one point, he he does take all of the all the stones from Thanos. Like he he is able to beat Thanos himself. Uh, he he becomes a really big threat several times throughout the comics. And to just kill him off in the same movie, introduce him. Ah. Uh, it's it's not hitting it. It's not hitting it for me, dog. But yeah, I while I think this movie is kind of messy and it was clearly given to the wrong uh, franchise, the the wrong superhero should have been Guardians, should have been Young Avengers. I did still really like it. I would see it again because. There was a lot of stuff that was fun. There was a lot of like, slapstick funny moments. Not as many as I would argue should be in an Ant-Man film, because that is the kind of comedy you should expect, because it's the precedent set with the first two movies. It's slapstick. It's, you know, the, he's Ant-Man's got these little, this little group of comedic side characters. T.I. is supposed to be in this movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it, probably like a four out of ten for me, but I would still definitely watch it. Uh, and if you haven't yet, I don't know why you're listening to this review, but you should 100% go and check out Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. But that is all I have for right now, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, and stick around for more Sci-Fi Unchained. But for now, live long and prosper, my friends. And may the Force be with us all.